It is Locked On Jazz for the 5th of July. Rudy Gobert has really been traded. It's hard to fathom, but it's happened. We'll talk about the decision-making tree and how it went down. What did we really get and should we expect to get? Are we tanking? And Summer League starts today. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. And hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan. I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen every single day. We are free and available on every podcast platform, app, whatever it is. Also available to you on YouTube. If you care to and feel like you're in a good mood and want to give us five stars, that would be greatly appreciated. Or if you just want to give us a thumbs up on YouTube, super appreciated. All right, so it happened. We have all spent the last three days talking to all of our fellow NBA fans and friends about what happened. And we've gone through, I think, every emotion possible in the fact that Rudy Gobert got traded. So we're going to discuss that. We're going to practically look at why and how it happened. We're going to try to analyze what we really got. We're going to look at whether or not where when we benefit, we're going to look at whether we're tanking, we're going to look at the roster, and we're going to look at Summer League. So big, 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 big show. Um, so it is hard to fathom. And from, you know, Rudy was ours. He was our draft pick. He was our star. He emerged under our watch. He went from, as has been talked about numerous times, G League to star. You know, we had four centers at one point all playing at the same time and Ennis Cantor, Al Jefferson, Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, and I'm forgetting Paul Millsap. So we had five like bigs. I think that's the time. And like, you know, I don't think anyone had Rudy Gobert as the Hall of Famer. Uh, he was a weapon that was unique unto himself for us. And frankly, I thought guaranteed us wins. Uh, And then the fact that he did seem super committed to Salt Lake City and wanting to stay. I have to admit, as I thought about over the weekend, and maybe I'm sentimental right now, he might be my favorite player I've ever called. Ray Allen's right up there. He was just so elegant and so fabulous and so interesting to talk to. Rudy's right there for me. I've called every game he's ever called, played, you know, same way you watched him for every single one. Um, I did know him. I thought fairly well. I thought I understood him. Um, I saw his warts and his strengths. And he, both on and off the court. And I really, really enjoyed him as a person. Um, I communicated with him to some extent offline. I mean, I sent him a, you know, I sent him a note when we traded him. And he was polite enough to send one back immediately. Um, So... For me, I actually suddenly realized like that might be one of my most favorite players 
that I've actually ever got to call games for. In over a thousand plus games, I've called in the, the NBA and WNBA. There's no question Sue and Lauren were my favorites and probably still are. Um, but just in the sense of calling his highlights, knowing who he was, how much he cared and loved it, how important it was to him so that when he did something great, it was pretty easy to get behind it and fire up for it. Um, so it's hard. Like as a jazz fan, and this is the reality of being a fan. And, you know, you want an organization that's making smart organizational decisions, not sentimental decisions, but that's hard. And you want an organization that is trying to propel yourself forward, not really what you don't want is, you know, oh, we'll just keep Rudy because he sells tickets and everybody will be happy, but it's not going to help us. And so a very difficult decision was made, at least seemingly to us, maybe not to Danny. Maybe not to Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck in the front office. Maybe this was crystal clear to them by this point. But for us as fans and people who care and love and wear the jerseys and root for and have, you know, picture of my daughter with Rudy when they were both like literally feels like babies. She was literally and Rudy looked like one. And now to have him gone is, and you know, it's hard. I, I, you know, harder than probably, harder than probably Gordon Hayward in the sense that Gordon, you felt betrayal. And so I'm not sure why, but that's a totally different story that why we thought he was going to stay. Um, but betrayal. And so you were, you were mad. This is that you've willingly and consciously moved your one of the three best players probably to ever play for the franchise. Donovan has a chance to go into that category, certainly. But Rudy has done it for a little longer, has some bigger awards at this point. So I'd say he's the third best player that has ever played in Utah Jazz history. Um, So anyway, so it's hard. About four or five shows ago, we did the decision-making tree. And I think it's worth going back to that. Because what I talked about the whole time was that the Jazz decision-making tree went as follows. I thought the first goal would be to add a third piece. A third piece. Their first goal is to see, can you go get a Tobias Harris? Can you go get somebody who's a, you know, you're moving a top 20 player. Can you go get a different player, but close to top 20, right? And this was our game. This was the idea of Dame Lillard, Kristaps Porzingis, or Tobias Harris. And that was your first like goal. Without moving Donovan or Rudy, could you do something? And then I thought you made a run at it for 12 months. And if it didn't work, then you unleashed it all. And then you really went bottom. Um, that doesn't seem to have been out there. One, none of them have moved. DeJounte Murray, which was the biggest to move, we weren't about to give up draft assets. Like, in the plan that I had out there, the idea is that you make a run at it for a year, and then in a year, if it's not working, you unload them and you make a run. Well, you're not giving up three first-round draft picks to do it if you think there's a chance if it doesn't work, you're going to unload it. So that wasn't there. So then, so now you you move to the next piece of the decision-making tree, which is... Trading Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, or Royce O'Neal, can we get better? Because I think the driving premise that we would all agree upon is you couldn't really bring this back. Like the team that at the end of last year wasn't playing hard, wasn't connected, was fairly heartless, 
it, it just, you couldn't bring that back, right? We all agree. So once you couldn't bring that back, you had to try to find a way to make change and you had to find a way to make noticeable change. And so part two of this was, if we can trade Royce O'Neal, Mike Connolly, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, it's really all we had. Not trade Donovan or Rudy. Because I'm not one who believes that you had to trade Donovan or Rudy. I just, I'm not, I think those guys, they might not be best of friends. They've said that the whole time, but I do think they could have coexisted. Um, the So I don't think Donovan forced Rudy out, or I don't think Rudy demanded, I don't think there's any of that. But it's clear that Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson, Royce O'Neal didn't get us anything that was going to make us better. We end up trading Royce for a first-round pick, and despite, I don't think that was a crazy trade. That was a YouTube feature, for those of you who got it. I did the Windhorst. Like, I, I'm... I don't, it was a great bit, but I don't actually, like Royce O'Neal for a first round draft pick after the year Royce O'Neal had last year is just a great trade and should have happened no matter what. Now, if Royce O'Neal comes back around and has a good deal, good for them. But Royce O'Neal for a first round pick was a no brainer, regardless of whether you're trading Rudy Gobert or not. I don't think there was one of us. Brian Winors actually thinks the only person who saw that is like this big precursor for what was coming. I think he might have known what was coming, but I actually don't think the Royce O'Neal trade was a precursor to it. I just think the Royce O'Neal trade was a good trade. You got a guy who went from 17th in the league in pick and roll defense to 93rd out of 100, and you got a first round pick for him. Like, there's a chance he can't defend anymore, and he's a defender. Like, great trade. So here's it the Jazz. Not being able to go get one of those big pieces. And there weren't many, right? We went through it. It was basically Dame, Chris Dasperzingis, Tobias Harris. There wasn't really a third piece that was going to make a move, that was going to change who we were. You've, you, you have a move for Royce O'Neal, which is a good one. And then Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Jordan Clarkson. And, and at the, you're not seemingly, as of right now, getting much of anything for them. So at that point... We walked to the decision-making tree when we did it the first time and said, well, you basically now go back to whether or not what you're doing with Donovan and Rudy. And that's where the Jazz got to. Let's discuss it. And what did we actually get in this trade? It's a Tuesday edition of Locked on Jazz. It's brought to you by my friends at Murdoch Hyundai, located at 4646 South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden, the Murdoch lineup is just incredible. We have bought two Santa Fe's and are on the verge of an Ionic if my wife test drives and loves it. Um, the new Tucson looks so sporty and you can get 2.79% for 60 months and up to a $500 cash bonus right now. Um, the Hyundai car, if you do the research, what you get with a Hyundai is you get the most bells, the most whistles, the most features. You get the... Best safety ratings for the best price. And that's what the research shows um, all across everything uh, with with Hyundai. And that's why we've bought two Santa Fe's. And then with the Murdochs, you get someone who's not charging more than MSRP, who truly cares about the community, and is going to make sure that you have a great 
experience. If you're going to head over there, feel free to email me first. I sent a bunch of people over the other day to make sure they had a great experience. It's Just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com, dlock09 at gmail.com. It is Murdoch Hyundai. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Built. Raspberry Lemonade, a new flavor, is out. They keep surprising us with 4th of July fun. Plus, white chocolate berry granola bars, brownie batter puffs, chocolate or coconut brownie chunk puffs. Oh my gosh, they were so good. I got to sample those when I ordered my mud pies. It is all available at Built.com. The candy bar, excuse me, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 130 calories, 2.5 fat grams, 4 net carbs, 4 sugars, and 17 grams of protein. Incredible macros, almost too good to be true, with a price that's just terrific. And they're on a mission to feed elementary school students as well so they can give back. It's all built for good as well. It's Built.com. Churro puffs are sold out. I just saw them on the board, but they're sold out. Get on it now. Get those coconut brownie chunk puffs. Get the brownie batter puffs. Raspberry lemonade bars. They're all available at Built.com. So, thank you very much for making Locked on Jazz your first listen of the day. Locked on NBA, Jackson Gatlin yesterday ran through the three biggest stories. If you didn't get it for 4th of July, you can go back and then today, another new edition. Uh, So, here we sit. And you're sitting there and the trades are going and everything and you're not getting anything for Conley, Boyan, Clarkson. You've moved O'Neal and Danny plays basically crazy, plays a bet of chicken with Minnesota, according to all reports, and is like insisting on Jaden McDaniels and holding out and doing Danny things with trades. But the Jazz are actually in a, in retrospect, I might argue a fairly desperate situation. And that is... The route for us to get better next year seems to have been closed by that point. At least get better with our two stars. So we right? You you don't have you're not being able to move the league is not moving on Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson. You've moved O'Neal but for a pick in the future. You don't have picks to move. You don't want to move picks because you're not sure where you're going. And suddenly now you're confronted back in your decision-making tree with circling back to do we trade Rudy or do we trade Donovan? The Jazz clearly don't want to trade Donovan. And on Rudy, there's either one of two questions. One is, what can you get for him? And evidently it's a haul. And then there are some people, and Danny Ainge might be one of them, who believe you cannot win a title with Rudy Gobert. And I have to say, I do believe, and I think Rudy's incredible, and I think he's a Hall of Famer, and I think he's one of the five greatest defensive players of all time, and I think he's the best player, defensive player in the world. I'm a huge fan. There's no question that his regular season impact is superior to his playoff impact. What is happening in the league is to make the playoffs, you have to deny the rim. To be a regular season good team, you defensively have to deny the rim and control the rim. However, the teams that make the playoffs are the teams that don't go to the rim. And so then that same defensive concept and defensive system becomes less effective in the playoffs than it does in the regular season. And so there's the quandary that is Rudy Gobert. It's not Rudy Gobert's fault that our defense gets worse in the postseason every year. But it is a sign that Rudy Gobert's impact is negated in the playoffs by the ability and skill of those teams that are in the playoffs. 
And so there could have been a school of thought that with Rudy Gobert, you can't win a title. Now we're going to find out because he's at Minnesota on a loaded roster with all sorts of things that should complement. It's a crazy risk, but maybe we're going to find out that Rudy in the playoffs with that kind of team is great. And it was actually a roster construction problem, not a Rudy problem. Who knows? But that is, could have been a legitimate thought. We didn't have a route to get better. We didn't, you could have a belief that Rudy Gobert is not a piece you can win a championship with. It is as much as I am the biggest Rudy fan and could be wearing a Rudy jersey today and will wear Rudy Minnesota jersey. I'm a huge Rudy fan. It is undeniable that regular season Rudy is, has a bigger impact than playoff Rudy. The teams that make the playoffs were able to negate Rudy. The fact that it happened two and a half years in a row, I'm not sure that it totally happened in the bubble. Though the bubble is that Rudy's playing drop and Jamal Murray can hit that shot. And so now you're forced to switch, and then the Clippers beat us switching, and then last year Dallas beats us as well. Like, it, 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 it got to be a fairly large sample size. It wasn't just a Clipper abnormality. And so at that point, you make the move. So what did we get? So honestly, it's super hard to tell. What you really got was an A grade from Kevin Pelton, so you feel good about yourself. And you got shots, like swings. And a little bit, that's what you do. The other thing we got was massive flexibility for wherever we need to go next. Like if we can fill some pieces in around this thing and we actually look like we're pretty good, that we've got this versatile athletic group that's positionally sized correctly and Will Hardy's doing a great job and Donovan's thriving in a more open court and we're actually pretty good, we now have the assets to go fill in the gaps and build up our roster and be good. If the opposite happens and we can't really put it together and turns out to be a mess and Donovan says, I'm, I'm done, we have the assets to be able to start a massive rebuild. So we really just have given ourselves a flexibility to go either way and probably to do both. We probably could add some pieces and have enough with these first round picks. So let's talk about what we, what we really got. So we got five picks. Walker Kessler of this season, who's a 20th pick in the draft, who... There's a 50% chance that that pick makes it as a rotation player. He happens to be a big seven-footer, and he shot shot blocking is amazing, doesn't move great, probably is not a playoff-level player, and instead is but is probably a rotation player on the right nights in the right places to do things in the NBA. He's not, you know, he'll never be Rudy, but he could be effective. He might be Jakob Pertl. That might not be a terrible comp for him. And I like Jakob Pertl a lot. I think Jakob Pertl's good. Um, Jakob Pertl helps you win. So the free throw shooting is a problem. So we got that. Next year, the chances are, are picks from 20 to 24. Quick scan. I think the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Nuggets are probably better than the Wolves. The Mavericks, the Pels, and the Suns are right in that mix with the Wolves. And it's going to probably take the Wolves some time. I mean, there's a chance the Wolves end up like seventh in the West, right? It's not a crazy concept. Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, Pelicans, Suns, Mavericks, Wolves. Could be seven really easily without a lot of work. And then if Kyrie goes to Lakers, they could be eight. Well, then all of a sudden that pick's like 15. But in all likelihood, because Rudy wins a lot of games for you and is just that dominant defensively, the Wolves are 20 to 24 in your first pick in 2023. And so that's a 50% chance of getting a rotation player. In 2025, 
Now the margin starts to widen out. Have Ant and Jaden McDaniels really developed and clicked in? Is Cat still all bought in? Cat's a really funky dude. They've probably lost D'Angelo Russell by that. Rudy's now three years older. That pick now ranges 15 to 24 with a minor chance it gets better. Now you're probably getting a starter. Might be, right? But 15, now you've widened the margin, 15 to 24. So our first pick, let's call it 20 to 25, but there's a chance. Wasn't crazy that the Pelicans was Zion healthy. The Suns, if they hold this thing together, particularly if they get Durant. The Mavericks, depending on what they are without Jalen Brunson, could all be better than the Wolves. Rudy's really good, though. So I would guess Rudy's going to help them win a lot of games. But they're going to have some growing pains. So let's go 20 to 24 for the 2023 pick. Likely 15 to 24 for the 2025 pick, but there's some range in there. 2026 a pick swap. We'll see where we are. 2027, the range now just goes all the way. Frankly. Minnesota's going to have Anthony Edwards still, you would think, but that is a long time away now. In NBA world, that's five years. Go back and look at four years ago the who the number one picks in the draft were, or the all-team NBA, none of them are on the same team. Has Anthony Edwards decided he tapped out of Minnesota? Has Anthony Edwards decided he doesn't like Rudy Gobert in the middle because he can't drive? Has Carl Anthony Towns decided he doesn't like Rudy Gobert because he's French? I'm making crap up. But Cat's a weird bird. 2027, the range is wide open. In 2029, the Rangers stops at six because they put top five protected in. So what you really got here was five picks, one of which you know who it is. It's Walker Kessler. And then your next ones are swings. And the first two swings are pretty moderate and the next two swings are pretty big. In regards to roster pieces, Malik Beasley's a bona fide nine three-point shots a game player with who's a pretty darn good scorer, who has off-the-court issues. Now, have those been solved? That's going to, you know, you've got to figure that out if you're a team. Frankly, most of these guys, I don't want to overplay this. You you know, I think the player you probably wanted in this process was Jaden McDaniels because he's got a chance to be a young star. And, you know, we frankly missed on him when we took Udoka Azabuke, so we probably wanted to rectify that. Um, But... Most of these guys are salary fillers, right? So, you know, before we get like all in love with Walker Kessler, you know, Minnesota was the trade partner and that was an asset that was available. But like Malik Beasley's in the 84th percentile in spot up. He's not an elite, elite athlete. He's only okay in transition. He's what he's surprisingly good at in limited time is as a pick and roll ball handler. He runs very little pick and roll, but I wonder if there's more to Malik Beasley's game than we know. And we'll see what Will Hardy runs of whether or not, you know, he's got a little bit more to him. He's an average off-the-bounce um, shooter. And he's a bona fide scorer who lets it fly. He's not particularly efficient. He's got a negative points gained. But not a terrible negative points gained. Jared Vanderbilt is just an elite athlete who does not have a shot, who's a very good defensive player, can defend one through five, who is... You know, just not a, is an elite, elite athlete. Gets out in transition, runs, makes a ton of plays. 
is, but otherwise, like he's not shooting spot up at all. I think he took like, like 20 of them all year and was like seven of 21. He was like two of 11 on catch and shoot. He's not doing anything of that sort. He's a defensive mind. He's probably right now your starting center. And we're small and interchangeable and just vastly different team. And then finally, you've got Patrick Beverly, who is just an energy book. And actually, I kind of believe in Patrick Beverly's of this world. He's a 40% bona fide shoot, three-point shooter. He's got he's an okay pick-and-roll ball handler, but he just gives you a little like buzz, right? Gives you a little ASS is really what he gives you. And so there's something to that. So that's what we got. As I said on the live show, my guess is... In the end, it's all over. We'll end up with six rotation players at different times in our career for Rudy Gobert. It'll be the gift that keeps giving. Do we ever get a top 20 player? Probably not, but we got a shot at it. And that's all you can try to do in one of those deals. So, are we tanking? Let's discuss that in a second. And then Summer League starts today. What are we looking for? Who's important in the Summer League? Um, What are the pieces of the puzzle? that we want to see uh, all, all as we continue here today on locked on jazz. Today's show is brought to you by arcade one up. Boom shakalaka. Sorry, that was awful. Uh, boom shakalaka is because arcade one up is bringing back NBA jam for you at your home. It's the shack edition of boom shakalaka. And it is the one and only Remember. No fouls, no free throws. Well, now no quarters required. Compete with friends and family through your all-new Wi-Fi leaderboards. Get involved. The pre-order is up at arcade1up.com. That's arcade1, the number, up.com. And estimated early September ship date is they've also got Mortal Kombat and Golden Tee, and they're starting at just $3.99. Check it out. NBA Jam Shack Edition. Go to arcade1up.lock.com slash locked on and enter to win your arcade one up for yourself. That is your chance. You'll see the big locked on. Put your email in for your chance to win right away and be a part of it. Can you imagine having an NBA Jam Shack edition in the house? How great is would that be? Super fun. As I mentioned, they also have the Simpsons arcade game, Dragon Lair, Terminator 2, Ridge Racer. They've got a bunch of them. They're really doing some great stuff over at arcade1up.com slash locked on. Today's show is also brought to you by Bet Online. What are the odds of where Kevin Durant goes? They are all on the Phoenix Suns right now as the primary home of betonline.net. Also, the pitcher's duel of the day. I always like to look and see what they think the pitcher's duel of the day is going to be today. They think it's going to be the Mariners at the San Diego Padres. Gilbert versus Clevenger. Under, over under is at seven. The Angels against the Marlins also. And the run scoring day. Usually it's whoever's playing in Colorado. There's a bunch of games at nine and a half. Nobody is touching ten. So the Red Sox and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays as we get back to a I guess they're just the Rays now. Uh, back to uh, the fun thing. NBA for you. As I mentioned, the main odds on the NBA and futures involving the NBA are Kevin Durant and Phoenix to going to the Phoenix Suns is their main stop. We'll see what happens um, with that and all the rest. Uh, but go to betonline.net for all your latest 
betting needs. Um, so feel free to uh, check it all out at betonline.net. All right, so are we tanking? I don't think so. I think there's still a team here that can be built, and I don't think there's a timeline that tells us that we need to tank. Frankly, if we want to tank, the only thing to keep an eye on of asset management is that our 2024 pick is top 10 protected to the Thunder. So if we really feel, if Danny and Justin feel at some point in this process we actually can't build a team without with after this trade and we just don't, can't get enough pieces in, we can do it in the next offseason. When suddenly Boyan's contract's over, Mike's contract's over, and you just don't fill them up. And then you make sure you're top 10 protected then. So you might, you, there's still, there's no value in doing it today. Is it a possibility? Sure. We just traded one of our top players, got a bunch of assets, and I've put ourselves in having that as a possible Robert Frost road for us to follow. So we could do it at the trade deadline, and we could do it in the offseason still. But you could also build a team and see like, oh, we're actually much closer than we thought. We've built this, put these pieces together and go at, and then we have huge cap room, I think 40 million next year to start adding to it. So I, I, I buy the stories that we're not looking to trade Donovan. Now, somebody puts a world package in front of us. You never know what happens. The roster right now has got gaps, right? It's just weird. Our point guards are Mike Conley, Jared Butler, Patrick Beverly. Our shooting guards are Donovan Mitchell, Malik Beasley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, frankly, we probably should be starting Donovan Mitchell and Malik Beasley. And then Jordan Clarkson. So we have seven guards. We have one wing player in Boyan Bogdanovich, and we have Jared Vanderbilt, who I think is our center right now. So we've got all sorts of gaps that need to be filled. The one thing I didn't get into earlier is when you looked, it was trade options. I would much rather make a trade. I meant to put this in there. Sorry, this is kind of out of place. For the potential of six or seven rotation players and a few swings at something big down the road than John Collins, DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter. That's three good rotation players. None of them are in the top 50 in the NBA. Maybe we're not going to get a top 50 player in the NBA, but you're pretty, maybe John Collins is top 50, but I don't know. And maybe DeAndre Hunter becomes top 50, but I don't know. Like, an OG Ananobi's super good, but I don't know if he's top 50 in the NBA. Maybe top 40. But you don't know, like, what you're doing is getting shots to get a top 10, top 20, top 15 player again in the NBA. And this was the route to get it for in, in the Rudy trade. All right, Summer League. We have no wings. So there's a bunch of guys that suddenly have a real shot here that are worth... Um that are worth talking to, talking about. So one of them, Xavier Sneed. Really didn't shoot it well in the G League, out of Kansas State, played with us last year, 6'5", athletic win. Another one is James Palmer Jr. And what's interesting about James Palmer Jr. is he's kind of gotten caught. He was a top 100 recruit out of high school. He dropped 40 in the G League. In 2021, he averaged 17 points in the G League. He played at Miami and Nebraska, 6'5", 207. He's 25 years old. Like he could be, either of those two guys could be your next Royce O'Neal. Xavier Sneed shot 29%. In the, he's got to figure out how to shoot. Then there's two other kids that are pretty interesting that are a little bigger. One of them is Vic Law. 
who played at Northwestern, was a top 70 recruit. As a freshman, he was the fifth best three-point shooter in the Big Ten. As a junior, he was all defense. And in the G League for Lakes side, uh, which is the Magic's team, he averaged 20 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. He's 6'7", 200 pounds, and 26 years old. We've got an old G League team. And then Jordan Usher, who's younger, played five years of college, 6'7", 220. We're, you know, we're searching for those guys. 14.7 rebounds, three assists last year. Last Yellow Jacket to do that was actually Matt Harpering. And I loved it in an interview. He said, I want to be Dylan Brooks. At 6'7", 220, he might be able to. Another one you're going to see is Caleb Hornsley. He's out of Liberty, undrafted. He's tore his ACL as a high school senior and tore his ACL as a freshman in college. He played 15 G League games and then went to Europe. Like, I, you know, at, he had 30 points against Mississippi State for Liberty in an upset. The, you know, how much of those injuries just derail him? Played in Germany last year. So there's four guys you're going to see tonight. And then there's Jared Butler. And the things that you want to see out of Jared Butler and the thing the Jazz want to see out of Jared Butler are completely different. You're going to want to see his scoring and his ability to make shots and all those kind of things. The Jazz know he can do that. They want to see defense on the ball for 94 feet, keeping guys in front of him. They want to see him doing a uh, really good job with decision-making. They want to see him playing the pick and roll in control and involving teammates. So it's very different things than what you're expecting to see from than what you probably as a fan want to see out of Jared. You're going to get excited if he scores 30. Um, and the um, and that you know that is probably the issue. That's going to be a little bit of a, a rub here during during this stretch to see. Uh, what you're looking for. Thunder, we may see all of their top guys. We may see Josh Giddy. We may see Chet Holmgren. We may see basically their team um, for next year. So uh, that should be really interesting to keep an eye on tonight. All right. We'll talk about them tomorrow. We'll talk more about the trade. It's kind of a wild time. Cherish and love your time with Rudy. And uh, let's see where we go. Talk to you soon.